man, like I learned so much through that experience. Like it sucked and I would not want to go through it again. Um, just be thankful for all the things that you have and take the time to let people know that they matter and you appreciate them because at the end of the day, like running's cool and like obviously running fast is cool, but it's it's not about running fast. It's about the relationships you build in the, along the way and the memories you make and the person you become. That was John DeWitt, and this is episode 18 of the Cream City Pacers. I hope you all have been staying safe and healthy during quarantine and staying safe and healthy as some of us transition back into the new normal. Abasoli and I have been staying busy with our weekly rundowns. If you don't know what the weekly rundown is, we drop them every Friday at 5 a.m. Today, I had the honor of talking with John DeWitt, a.k.a. Dewey. For those of you that already know John, then you know this episode is going to be awesome. John is an incredible runner and an even better person. It's one of those things when you have a conversation with someone and you're like, wow, how have I not met and been friends with this person before this? That's the feeling I had after talking with John. Dewey is fresh off running the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta back in February. Finishing in 90th place with a time of 2 hours, 24 minutes, and 9 seconds, John finished in the top 100. What is even more incredible is that he moved up over 50 places during the last 10 miles. That means at mile 16, he was in 140th place. That's pretty incredible to do that at the back half of the trials. I do have to say, though, he's no rookie when it comes to running the marathon trials. In 2016, John ran at the Olympic trials in Los Angeles. During our time together on this episode, we talk a lot about Atlanta and make some comparisons back to Los Angeles. We even geek out about Taylor Swift, but you'll have to listen to the end to get all the details on that. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know after talking to John, I was ready to start training for my next marathon. Before we jump in, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. We have some good news. Mimosa is now open at both locations in Brookfield and Franklin for dine-in from 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. They have a new service system that will keep you safe without sacrificing the great service they are known for. Not ready to dine-in just yet? That's perfectly fine. Enjoy their entire menu from the comfort of your home. Plus, you can still purchase cooking with Mimosa brunch kits. What are brunch kits, you ask? Well, you will receive the ingredients and a simple set of instructions to prepare some of your favorite Mimosa meals from the comfort of your own kitchen. You can enjoy some of my favorites like the French churro, the berry sweet pancakes, or the garden omelet. Place your orders at mimosabreakfast.com and we hope to see you for dining soon. Now without further ado, on to the show! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cream City Pacers. I'm super excited for this episode. Today, we have John DeWitt on the show. John, welcome to the Cream City Pacers. Alex, happy to be here. Happy to be here with you guys and just enjoying some time talking about running. Yeah, uh, I'm super jealous. John right now just got done with a run and is eating Chick-fil-A, and I am not. Meal champions, baby. (laughs) We're doing this via uh, remote. We're on a Zoom conference call, so it's a little different than normal. Usually, we're in Apostoli Studio 
we got snacks, we're drinking beer. I don't know if you can hear, but my kids are screaming downstairs. So like just a little <laughs> different vibe and we're doing it here. Um, so oh, that's crazy. They're really screaming, but the wife's got it. She's a rock star. All right. Before we jump in, when I was stalking you for this episode, a lot, your nickname kept, came up everywhere, Dewey. Your dad made a huge, awesome sign at Atlanta for you. Can you just give me a little bit of background where that nickname came from? Because everyone nope. seems to have a lot of fun with it when they say it. It's like a fun <laughs> nickname. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's kind of like a part of my history. You know, what's interesting is that um, when I entered high school, uh, my last name is DeWitt. Uh, my brother, I think, was Dewey probably first. Then I joined the track team. And then I became Little Dewey. And then when he graduated, there was no Big Dewey. So I just became regular Dewey. And like... What's interesting about all that is like you would think that like, oh, it's just a high school nickname, but and I never introduced myself as Dewey, but for some reason when I got to college, everyone seemed to know that my name was still Dewey. So um, it was just something that stuck from, <laughs> uh, from college and then after that. And um, certainly now, like most of the people that I meet don't call me Dewey, um, that most of them call me DeWitt, especially my students. But uh, Dewey is certainly one of those nicknames that sticks around for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, when you went to college, why did Dewey stick? Did your brother also go to Oshkosh? Uh, he did not. I think probably the biggest reason it stuck was um, when I made the transition to UW Oshkosh, um, my, my coach from high school actually volunteered on the team. Um, uh, he was our, a volunteer coach for us, Jonathan Peterson, um, Oshkosh alum, and he was kind of helping out with the team at the time, and he was my coach in high school for the last um, semester. Mm. So he might have like dropped that name, and it just kind of stuck. Cool. I like I like it. And you ran in high school at Oshkosh West. Correct. Yeah. Nice. I went to Fond du Lac High School. So represent. we're we're in the FBA. FBA baby. Dude, those are some good memories, all right? Good race memories in the FBA. Throwing down yeah. at that conference course that's way too short. At Lake so, Breeze Lake Breeze is legit. Conference, it's short. Hate to where I didn't run in high school, so this is all new to me. Where was the conference? Where where, where was that? I was on golf course in I think Kakana. I, I don't quite remember, okay. but all I know is that like we ran the same course every year. Every year was short. Lake Breeze <laughs> though for regionals, straight on. <laughs> nice. I like that. A little local shout out to the people to the north of us. So, <laughs> John, you recently just got done having an awesome race. Uh, in Atlanta at the Olympic marathon trials. And I think what's cool about this is not only did you run in Atlanta, but you ran in Los Angeles as well in 2016. And looking at, you know, there was a lot different. Atlanta was windier, hillier. Uh, Los Angeles was a little bit hotter. Um, so going into Atlanta, did you have like when you were leading up to it in training, do you think that having one race under your belt already was like helpful for you or was it kind of like a fresh start going into Atlanta? Cause you knew it was a completely different beast. Yeah, definitely going into the trials, having that extra year of experience was huge. Um, what's interesting about LA, uh, was that it was super hot. It was probably like 80, 85, um, when we were running, um, and honestly, like, People talk about the the amount of like tough challenges in Atlanta, and I I honestly thought that LA was way more of a challenge. Um, where you're talking about LA, like almost 50 guys dropped out in a field of 150 best guys in the country. Um, it was like in LA, it was literally a battle for survival. So to come into to Atlanta, knowing that I had made it through that, was certainly I was looking at it being like, all right, I've already come through this big challenge. 
Like there are going to be challenges on this day, but I've seen that before. Like I, I know I can do this. Um, so to be honest, the hills and wind, I was like, bring it on. Like this will be awesome. I'm very, I was very excited to take on Atlanta, and I actually thought the course condi- conditions were fairly reasonable. Yeah, I do think that being uh, in Wisconsin and running a lot, I mean, wind and cold and hills depending where you are, is a common occurrence here where a lot of those warm weather racers don't really get that. Yeah, Midwestern tough is a thing, you know, like we like to believe that like us guys from the Midwest just have something extra and I mean kind of wear that as like a badge of honor um, when you go into races and just walk in with that type of confidence and I know know I'm not the only person that feels this way um, and I think we should all being from, if you're from Wisconsin or Minnesota or Illinois, Michigan, wherever you're from, like have a little bit of that swagger knowing you're from the Midwest. I like it. I I totally agree with you. I feel like being from the Midwest, we always get the Midwest nice, and the like swagger <laughs> doesn't come through as much. So I like the confidence you just say it. Like that's us. We have it. We gotta we gotta push it. For sure, we're definitely gonna be nice after the race. We'll shake your hand and tell you did a great job. But on the course, we like to bring it. <laughs> definitely, and we'll definitely while we're saying nice things to you, enjoy a couple beers <laughs> and maybe buy you a few. That's some that's good stuff in our nature. Uh, so qualifying for atlanta it was interesting because qualifying for atlanta and for the um for la you qualified really far ahead of time i mean like as far the farthest ahead of time as i feel like you could i know last year you know at the lakefront marathon which is last october i mean that was the race people were like i'm qualifying for the olympics like we're getting there it's so close to it but you on the other hand i mean you qualified in 2017 yeah, that was certainly part of the strategy. Um, me and my coach, Thomas Breitbach, a uh, really great guy and very smart. Part of our strategy was we were hoping to hit that big qualifier as soon as the window opened. Um, when you have that, um, we were fortunate enough both times to have that success and have it happen. Um, that certainly allowed us to focus on just training and getting better and preparing for the trials instead of having to feel like we had to rush some race in. So, yeah, I was very fortunate um, to at both Twin Cities and Chicago um, in 2014 to hit that qualifier right away and just kind of put that mark on the calendar and be like, all right, we know this race is happening, so let's prepare for it. Yes, that's really cool. So having that much of a gap, I mean, like time between races, um, did you take time off or is it completely different race preparation? Like are you building a base for a very long time and then ramping it up or are you still going through like cycles of training throughout those two years? Yeah, great question. It's definitely a lot of cycles of training still. Uh, you, when you have something like that, um, you're gonna you're gonna train for different races and kind of use those races to build up towards the trials. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, a marathon kind of takes a lot out of your body. So I, I knew with having the standard already, I didn't have to do that as much. Um, but like certainly, like we wanted to prepare, um, and also gives you the luxury having the standard. Um, definitely allowed me to train for more of the 5K and 10K. Um, which would allow me to work on, you know, my speed so that um, when those big base sessions did come around, like I knew I still had the turnover to still run fast, you know, try to run 515 pace or faster for a marathon. Um, nice. Did you feel like, um, you know, since you already qualified and this was, these races were part of your training then, that you could kind of like let loose a little bit? I feel like a lot of times people when they're training and they have races like a normal normal runner during a marathon cycle will do a half marathon race right and you, you kind of aren't letting it go all the way because right you don't want to get injured like you you know the marathon's mm-hmm. so close were you kind of letting it rip or were you still handling those you know taking those more like training focused yeah um 
I mean, I, I think the best way to get better is to train for another race. And so certainly, like, I wasn't holding back. It's not like from 2017 to 2020, I was sitting on my butt, like, being like, well, it's this is all good, just sipping on some tea. Like, I was always preparing for the next race. Mm-hmm. Um, and by preparing for that next race, um, certainly, like, that was going to help me get better in the long run as well. So, um, yeah, I would say letting it rip is kind of kind of something that I enjoy doing and definitely like something it. that I did along the way. Nice. And and before um, Atlanta, you ran Houston this year in January? Yeah, correct. So, um, interestingly enough, I actually, you know, it's funny that you talk about injury. Probably, I think it was uh, the first week of January this year, um, I was doing a workout and it was kind of icy and unfortunately like I slipped and was like had kind of messed up um, my ankle and that was probably about um, maybe I want to say about seven or eight weeks out from the trials so not an ideal time I'm, I've been very fortunate in my career praise the Lord to not have a whole lot of injuries um, so to seven weeks out from the trials to have um, a pretty serious injury it was was certainly not ideal um, that was a that was a major challenge coming through there um, I definitely after Houston, so that was actually the week of Houston, I'm pretty sure, because I came back at Houston, and I was like, I'm st- I still want to race. Um, coach thought that having to persevere through that challenge was was maybe a wise idea, because we were going to have to come through challenges in Atlanta, and so we did, and I mean, I raced okay. Um, another sub-66 performance is something I can hang my hat on, but certainly not what I wanted out of that race. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly had higher dreams and aspirations, but um, certainly, like, that next few weeks after that, um, I had to take a little bit of downtime to kind of recover and heal. Um, and I, I'll be honest, that was really challenging. Um, as any runner can tell you that when you get hurt, um, especially when it's close to the race, um, you don't want to be taking time off. You don't want to be sitting there trying to like heal up. You want to be getting better and getting stronger. And even with cross training, um, it's just not quite the same, or at least it doesn't feel quite the same. So um, through all that, it was it was a major challenge. Um, but I can I can say like um, when you have those challenges like there's a couple ways you can view it you can sit there and like just like kick the ground and be like this is stupid this sucks or you can just say I'm gonna make the most out of what this is and um, that's certainly what we went out to do and um, I was pretty happy with how we were able to come through all that. That's incre that's incredible. Um, when like how close were you to the race when you started feeling um, better again? I mean, did you race Atlanta? Uh, he completely healed or were you still are you were you still having a little nagging injury from that um probably a little bit nagging um it's funny it's houston i remember when i when i went out there i literally couldn't stand on my like left foot like tippy toes like i couldn't stand on the tippy toes oh. of my left foot um and like so that was like that was certainly a challenge um coming into atlanta i like did a lot of strength work a lot of like drills and stuff um i would say it was it was about as good as it had been in atlanta but I did not feel like I was like 100%. I felt like I was 98 or 99. It would have been, it have been really nice to be 100%. But unfortunately, you know that's not how time works. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was, was pretty healthy, but certainly it was a little bit nagging. Well, that's still crazy that you ran Houston, not being able to apply a lot of pressure on your foot. Was that a new experience for you, like racing that injured? Because you said you were kind of lucky not to be injured. Yeah, I've been I've been fortunate enough. Um, I, there have been a couple cycles where I've gotten injured along the way, but um, certainly like to go into that race um, hoping to PR in the half marathon, um, and then to have that happen right before and um, yeah, it was it was certainly one of those things that it was it was a new experience and 
I gotta be honest, like when you're in the heat of the race, like you don't really think about it. Like, even though I'm like, I'm sure there was plenty of pain shooting through there. Like you're just out there competing and you just can't worry about that type of thing. And, um, it's funny cause like coach can go back and watch the race and be like, your strides different here, your strides different here. And <laughs> like, he can point it all out, but I'm just like, look, I'm out there racing. Like that's, this is what I'm here to do. Oh, it's crazy what the body can do. I mean, I'm sure everything was hurting at that point, especially when you're pushing yourself and competing and then the endorphins in the crowd. It's just crazy. I mean, everything's the, going. The human body is a really incredible thing. And so a lot of people, I think, they get nervous before marathons and halves. Um, when they are when they get injured, They have a, something doesn't quite go right in training, maybe they can't like max out. And um, what you'll learn, any runner learns along the way is – um, you just can't worry about it because the fact of the matter is your body can do things beyond what you can imagine. So just continue to walk out there with confidence, do what you can, and go out and race. I like it. I like it. So leading into Atlanta, how um, like how early did you arrive to, on race week? Um, you know, that's a funny question. So I actually taught most of the week of the trials. This was a little different. When I, uh, when I went to LA, I actually took a full week off of school. Okay. Um, I went out a week ahead of time. Um, as I've gotten maybe a little bit like older or more experienced, whatever you want to call it, I guess like kind of my my philosophies changed a little bit. I personally really like getting out there just a day or two ahead of time. Um, I just I gotta be honest, like I'd rather not focus on it. Um, I know that yeah. once the race starts, I'm gonna be locked in and focused, but like before the race, I just want to like not worry about it, and not think about it, and so I felt like getting out there too far ahead of time would would be um, an issue for me. So I got out there Thursday night. Um, I taught Thursday at school um, and then flew out like Thursday at like four o'clock, um, arrived there closer to like eight o'clock. Um, and then, yeah, got to the hotel and then went to bed and had one day before the race. And then it was showtime on Saturday. He's been there before, expert, not going the whole week. How was it in LA being there the whole week? Was I mean, it, like drawn out or did you have fun? <laughs> It's always the thing. You hear people go on, like, destination races. This is, like, more not really that <laughs> case. But it's, like, how much can you do before race day because you don't want to, like, overexert yourself. For sure, yeah. Like, it was – I mean, it was awesome being out there in L.A. And I, I'm not going to say it was a total hindrance. I still, like, felt like I raced well out there. Um, I certainly – Tom, my coach, went out there with me ahead of time as well. We had a great time, like, going into the mountains. We hit up a trivia night while we were there. Um, it was nice getting used to the weather and just kind of feeling like I'd been there for a week. But – um, I definitely valued the routine of being um, just kind of doing my regular thing this year, this time around. And so I had a blast the first time in LA. I'm glad this time I did not go out a full week ahead of time. And um, <laughs> they were both they were both special experiences, but for different reasons. Yeah. So, like bunking, like the sleeping situations. I figured you just kind of did your own thing. Is it true you like the athletes all kind of dorm in the same hotel? Yeah, so L.A. and Atlanta were very different. Um, you know, it's interesting to think about, like, some, like, what makes a good marathon or what makes a good Olympic trials. Um, I can be honest, and I think a lot of people have stated after L.A. that um, a lot they took a lot of criticism. Um, it just didn't have the quite en- same energy. Um, a lot of the athletes didn't stay in the meet hotel. Um, there, was, there was, like, maybe a dinner the night before, but I don't remember going to it. Like, just, like, the yeah. energy wasn't quite there. Um, I stayed in Airbnb f- for the entire time and it was fun for a different reason like i said i got to hang out with all my friends um some mm. a couple guys who were racing we had hooked up and we're staying in the airbnb together um but this this year in atlanta they did such a fantastic shout out to the atlanta track club um for putting that meet on and they just did such a phenomenal job that like all the athletes who competed stayed in the same hotel 
Um, we had all our meals together. So like you would go down and there's like hundreds of, you know, the best runners in the country just kind of hanging out. And you're like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like you feel like you're at the Olympic trials. That's um, so cool. I didn't realize. So like the Atlanta track club, it's not like they are in charge then of putting on the race and doing all that and working with the Olympic like trial committee or whatever that is to put it on. Yes, correct. The Atlantic track club mm-hmm. worked with the, um, I think it'd be the USATF to like mm-hmm. help put on yep. the meet, which is, I mean, it was a huge task and I gotta be honest. I know it was a lot of work on their end and I thought they did a phenomenal job. So I can't say enough good things about Atlanta. That's super cool. So how was it like being in that hotel with the world's best? Did you like interact with a lot of people or people kind of like doing yeah. their own thing, but you so were all a, there? I'm a pretty friendly guy, so I wasn't afraid yeah. to walk up. Certainly like I like spending time with people I know. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, in 2016, one of the guys in our Airbnb was Brogan Austin, um, who had won the road to gold the previous year. Um, and he was a great guy. It was good to run into him all over the place. Um, some of my Wisconsin runner teammates were competing, so I got to hang out with them, which was fun. And it was good seeing just a bunch of people from around. Um, and certainly, like, it was even even cool just, like, meeting different people. Like, you'd sit down at a table and you'd be like, Hi, I'm John. I'm from West Dallas, Wisconsin. And, like, they'd be like, Hey, I'm whatever from Montana. I'm from Iowa. Okay, cool. Like, how'd you get here? Like... So that was certainly uh, like from everywhere to the like people who just made it in at the last second to um, the people who were like, you know, looking to be top three. People were pretty down to earth and were really willing to just kind of talk about life, which was cool. Oh, that is so cool. Everyone, I mean, coming there, everyone has such a different story. Um, yes. Totally different stories. And that's always the coolest thing with running, especially with like this. There are so many races over so many years to get you here that you could have qualified months ago or you could have, could have qualified in 2017 uh, and everything along the way. That's pretty cool. Were people like um, kind of like geeking out or fanboying over anyone? Like was, pe- like, was anyone <laughs> like, hey, Galen, can I get your autograph? Was there any of that or is it all like professional kind of vibes? Um, certainly at the hotel. Uh, it was pretty professional, I would say, overall. Um, 2016 was cool. Like, I remember, like, after the race, like, I got to walk around a little bit in the crowd, like, got to sign a couple autographs. And that was, I mean, that's, that's just kind of fun. Like, I don't, so cool. I don't regularly think of myself as someone who would sign an autograph. So, to have some little kid excited about you. I mean, he has no idea who I am, but, like, this little kid is just, just to see, like, that type of reaction and remind yourself, like, wow, this is really a cool stage to be on. Um, in 2020, though, certainly, like, when you were looking around the hotel, um, I think people were pretty business as usual. I'm sure there were some people fangirling on the side, but um, there was no one asking for autographs or anything like that. <laughs> That's funny. That's super cool, though. Like, kids are just there, and to them, you guys are superheroes, and you get to sign some autographs. That's super cool. It was a pretty special moment for sure, and um, it praise the Lord. It makes you so thankful for everything you've been given. And, like, obviously you work really hard for those moments, but um, there are so many things that you're given at the start, and you certainly can't forget about those things. Yeah. So how was it uh, being in the starting corral and like, you know, before the race? How was the vibes? Um, It was, yeah, it was awesome. I, so um, certainly one of the most memorable points for me was, um, I I think I've told the story a couple times, but um, I was walking out to the starting line. You've got hundreds of fans just kind of lying in the walk out to the starting line. And um, as you mentioned earlier, my nickname's Dewey. My dad brought a sign that said, go Dewey. Um, and it's, he's like holding it up on a pole. And of course my mom was like, why are you bringing that stupid thing? And, um, like, but sure enough, as I was walking out to the starting line, I got to see the, 
um, the Go Dewey sign up, and I kind of just trotted over to the side, and like three rows back is my dad, and I'm just like, Dad, and I called up to him. He just like looks at me, and I was like, I love you. And like, so to get to have one more time, just share a hug with him and just like have that moment of just remembering like uh, my parents have played such a great role um, getting there. A lot of my teammates were on the course um, just being there. And so like just seeing all those people that remind you how, like how you got there makes it even more special. Um, and yeah. I know I've got a little bit out of the starting corral question. Your answer to the starting corral question, it was certainly cool. The energy was great. Uh, people were excited for us to go out there and go run 26 miles. Yeah, I mean, it was a way bigger um group than it was in in los angeles so, yeah the crowd so was the crowd was awesome and the like crowd you just saw. was insane watching it i mean it felt like the boston marathon there was just people lined up everywhere it was pretty cool to watch so there were very few dead run. spots yeah you just like you felt the energy everywhere you were and um just and what's cool about it is when you're in a race like that um you know that no one in this field is like got here by accident um everyone yeah. has has it and so like um you know you're running next to some big names regardless of who you're running next to. Yeah, how was, like, uh, like <clears throat> starting, obviously, the big pack, but, like, as the race went on, were you kind of hanging out in packs? Were you by yourself? Were you fluctuating? Kind of, like, what was that like? Yeah, so the race itself, like, um, Will Cross, the guy uh, from Roots Running, um, we met a couple times. We had a, a former roommate we had in common, and so um, Will and I had kind of talked before the race, and just knew that we wanted to be smart going out. I, and I ran in LA, so I remember what it was like. All these all these guys are, are used to being in the front of races, so to not be in the front of the race certainly is going to um, send like nerves up their spine. So I'm just like, hey, people are going to go out too hard. This course is hilly. Like, Let's just relax. Sure enough, probably through like mile one, I came through in 515, which is what most people ran to qualify, and I was in like 190th place, like hanging out <laughs> in the back. Like, but... I mean, once again, that's just confidence. That's experience. Like, yeah. we were just like, we're, we're fine here. Like, relax. Like, this is mm-hmm. 26 miles. Like, just stay patient. And sure enough, like, by mile six, we had caught, like, a, a pretty pretty significant pack of guys. Um, and we're starting rolling with them. And um, our, that giant pack kind of, like, started to eat up some of the field. Um, and then, like, as the race went along, that, e- that pack even broke up quite a bit. And um, over the last 10 miles, you could see just a lot of people were fading and um, a lot of people just calling her quits. I mean, it's a marathon. It's hard, right? Regardless of who you are. So over the last 10 miles, um, I went from like 140th to like 90th, um, over the last 50, which was, was really fun experience. That's super cool. I read that and I think the journal had it. They did a good article on you and it said, yeah, 50th place. You moved, you moved up 50th places in the last 10 miles. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's really just that's a lot of work. I mean, that's like you you put in the work there. Yeah, I I really think so. A couple things go into that. First of all, you know, I'm just so thankful for all the people that were at the race, like all my friends that showed up. Shout out to all those guys. Shout out to my students and staff at Hale for being so supportive. Um, like those are the things that give you the juice during the race. Like you just remember that you're not just out there racing for yourself. And you know, um, my faith's a big thing. Like I race for Jesus as well. So like you got all those people that you're racing for. And so, like, when you're in mile 16 and 17 and guys are just kind of dropping off to the side of the road or they're really slowing up and, like, I'm, like, my thought is, like, hey, you're, you're only going to – you may – you don't know when the, your last trials is going to be. You don't know when your last race is going to be. So you got all these people who are – who got you there. Just just do it for them. Do it for something greater than yourself. And certainly in those miles, that's what kept me moving up. And um, it was a lot of fun and a lot of great moments coming down the pipe. That's awesome. I mean, so how many people came out um... – to support you down there 
Um, I had about 25 friends down there, which was really awesome, including my parents and um, my brother and a lot of other people. It was just, yeah, it was really great. Um, They were just a fantastic people. The Wisconsin, that's the Midwestern, right? Wisconsin just got some great people. And um, yeah, just really thankful for all those people that came down to support me. And um, yeah, I can't say it enough. I have some great friends. Um, I'm I'm definitely not here because I'm pretty awesome. It's because I have some great people in my life that helped get me to this point. It's a whole crew that gets it going. Were they spread out, or was there, did you have like a big cheering squad at one section throughout those couple loops in the middle? Yeah, so like it's a loop course, so they had looped six miles. Um, uh, I'd say there were like probably three or four different packs of the friends, um, and they had kind of sp- spread out. So, and by doing the loop four times, you kind of know where you're going to see your friends. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I will say one of my favorite moments of the race was um, probably about twenty miles in. Um, I, w- I was tired, like you're 20 miles in, right? And like, you're dying, like you're trying to think about like, how can I keep moving up? But um, I, me- I was turning a corner on the left. I was taking a left turn and I remember that pretty much like 100 meters beyond that turn, like I was going to see my friends. And so like I took the turn kind of tight and like ran the-, ran the corner and like my friends were on the left side and I just extended out my left hand and like sure enough, they all stuck out their hands and just like we had a big high five. I high five like ten friends in a row. Just like no. kind of gave me the juice to like get excited to like. And a couple other random people were like wanted a hand high five too. But like it was definitely a, a pretty sweet moment just um, hearing them chant Dewey, Dewey, and get to slap all their hands um, was really really a fun moment. Um, deep into the race. That's so cool. That's so cool. It's also like it's such a small, it's such a small thing. You know, you come around, you hear some chants, and you give some high fives. It's super simple when we talk about it, but how powerful that is when you're racing is extraordinary. Even when, yeah. I mean, I haven't raced in the trials, but when you have your bib on and you're racing, and some random person says your name, you're like, it's just like crazy. It's <laughs> so cool. So I can only imagine when you know people and you're on a stage like that, how incredible that can be, how powerful that is. You know, it's crazy. It's like, it goes from everyone. Like you said, it's for even the big guys. Like I talked to some of those like top 10, top five guys. And I think it means a lot to them too. Like, even if it's just whoever it is cheering for them, um, like the positive reinforcement is really awesome. And, um, I know I certainly appreciate it. It sounds like you really appreciate it. Like anybody really just appreciates. So when you're watching a race, like, don't be afraid to cheer for someone you don't know. Like we all appreciate the encouragement and, um, it's a really special thing. It means, it means a lot regardless of who it's coming from. That, that's a good that's a good takeaway that's a really good takeaway yeah it's it, i mean in training it's like you have a coach and i assume you train with people here and there if not all the time it you're it's so mental it's so by yourself most of the time that you know you get out of there on the course and it's a completely different place with people so it mm-hmm. really gets you going i love it yeah how was it coming down because you did you did the loops and then finishing i don't have the map in front of me you you kind of extended and it was a different like three mile finish than the normal yeah so like the most of the loop you do the same except when you get to about mile 23 you take a little bit of a sidebar on to finish the last three miles and so i'd race the road to gold which was like an olympic trials preview race so i kind of knew what the last three miles looked like um and, and to be honest with you and this was similar in la um the last three miles were just a bloodbath like you can just see guys like literally there was a guy bleeding out of the side of his head that i saw like he'd fallen over a couple times yeah like dudes are just giving it all out there and like holy shit a lot of these guys are just like like they they went for it you know over the first so guys are coming back hard like everyone wants to quit and like um it is really just like a battle of first survival over those last few miles as it is in any marathon but certainly amongst those guys who have um exhausted so much of their stuff and so over those last three miles it was really 
it's really a, a testament to the human condition to just see all the dudes, like I said, just like trying to finish, giving everything they got, um, just striving towards the finish line. And um, certainly coming down that home stretch, um, which was probably about 800 meters, um, that was really cool. That, that was very well lined. Um, and it was just one of those moments where you kind of look around and remember like, this was a really cool experience. I'm so thankful to be in this position. And um, yeah, it was really, really special coming home that last three miles. It, that sounds cool. That last like 800 meters from TV, it was just, the crowd was just lined four oh, or yeah. five. I mean, it was so deep on each side. It was incredible. So that had to be a pretty cool feeling coming down and taking that in. You know, what's cool about that is like the crowd is so lined and there's so many people there, but um, <laughs> my dad, sure enough, had the go Dewey sign. And so yes. like you see the, you see that and it's just like, it's a reminder that um, even like the little things like it's just so personal, right? At the same time, it's like, so like, I don't know, it's weird. Like it's, it's energizing because it's a whole group, but then even like another layer inside that it's energizing because it's, you know, that there's people, you know, in there. Yeah. That's so cool. That sign, I will have to post a photo, but the sign, it's like this very lime bright green. It's perfect. <laughs> it was su- super smart because you can see that anywhere and you always know. I love it. I have a whole new thought process for making signs now. Phil DeWitt was a genius. He put it up on a stick too so he could hold it up. Like it was awesome. So yeah, it's shout not out to his, my parents. It was great. Not his first rodeo. So he, he knows. <laughs> he was out in LA. He certainly enjoyed that and he had a great time in Atlanta. It was great spending time so how, with them. Yeah, that was, that was probably pretty awesome that you got to celebrate that with friends, family people you know local local racers racers you probably met in 16 who were here again mm-hmm. it's pretty cool definitely um, uh, yeah go ahead no or yeah i was just gonna say uh i think it's it was really special like i i know i said i was only out there a day ahead of time but the day i was out there ahead of time and the day after that i stayed was just like it was constant just being with people i cared about and just spending time with them and um that was really special like whether it be like getting to walk down the street with my parents and just kind of taking the sights together or getting to go for like a shakeout run after the race with not the next morning with my buddy mm-hmm. Tyler and um, just all those people coming out. It was, or whether it be riding scooters around with Kenny, Tyler, and Zach afterwards, we, we hopped on some, uh, some of those Thunderbird scooters and just kind of rode around Atlanta together. Like those are special moments. Like you enjoy that. And um, certainly like the stories come from the race, but um, there's certainly a lot of that come outside the race too. That almost sounds more freeing than the last 800 meters of the race. <laughs> bomb in Atlanta on one of those scooters. It was certainly much faster than the last 800 meters of the race. I can tell you that much. <laughs> How was it finishing the race? Like, um, just kind of like the finishing area. Was it pretty empty? Did they do a good job, like being able to meet family and stuff? Or like, was it? How was the experience of that? Once again, Atlanta had, had done such a nice job. Um, they gave us a couple family passes, so um, right after the race, I mean, <laughs> I was pretty exhausted, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah. like certainly, my parents were able to get into the um, finish line area, and it was easy to find my parents because of the sign. And um, I just got to talk to them afterwards, and just kind of talk through like everything that I just experienced. And um, they were obviously so positive. Once again, too, so many shout outs for Phil and D to Wit, but they're just great people. And um, then I got to walk back to the tent. Um, and I kind of hung around in the tent for a really long time, just kind of like soaking it up, talking to other runners, um, talked to some of the other people around, some media people, and just kind of like, just kind of experiencing it. A little fun anecdote. Um, so before the start of the race, I had a, a long sleeve t-shirt on to kind of like warm up in. Um, and so right before the start of the race, like my dad was still kind of right by the starting line. So I took off that and I tossed it a couple rows back to my dad. And so 
I didn't really like I thought forgot about that completely, but I'm after the race in the tent and like <laughs> I'm like look over to the side and some dude is wearing my shirt. <laughs> I'm like I'm like what? I'm like, hey man, that's my shirt. <laughs> and so but sure enough, my parents had seen this guy on the side of the road. He he was he had dropped out at like mile fifteen or sixteen. He was he was just walking and like he was shivering, he was shaking, trying to get to the medical tent. And my parents, my dad, praise the Lord, like he, he gave him my shirt and he said, hey, my son would want you to have this. Um, and so he gave it to him and um, they got him back and he eventually found his way back. So that was really just a, a cool story. Cool to hear my parents kind of just loving on some guy on the side of the road. And um, I did end up getting my shirt back. He did end up giving it back to me, but he, he could have kept it if he wanted. It was, I'm glad he was okay. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's, a cool, that's actually a really cool story. Yeah, helped someone out and you didn't even know. It's uh, it's the runner experience, right? Like we all know what it's be out there like together, right? Like, um, even like as you're coming through like those last like five or six miles, if I got passed or if I passed somebody, like there was a lot of like, come on, man, like we got this. Like, it's just a lot of like, and t- dudes are just in a lot of pain who are very competitive, um, but still just striving and trying to be better, um, as a group is still really really cool. So watching it on TV, a lot of like guys that weren't gonna win kind of took off fast. Mm-hmm. To get in the front, get some, if, you know, like TV time, whatever you want to call it, be up front, which is like kind of cool. But could you see that happen right away? Like guys just take off just to kind of get way ahead? Because there was a couple guys the first couple of miles that were so far ahead and were just way up there that obviously weren't going to hold that, but we're doing it for, for whatever it was. Fun. You know, it's interesting talking about that experience. Um, so if, certainly like at the very start, um, I was in like uh, like group three or four. Uh, okay. And like, so I was like, and I was probably maybe 50 meters back. Mm-hmm. So it took me like five seconds for me to get through the starting line. Um, I did not see the guys take off initially, but I'm going to say this about those guys. Like if you're not, if you're a top 20 guy in the country and like you probably, if you just sit in the pack, you're probably not going to make it anyways. So like, I can't blame those guys for saying like, Hey, like my best shot here is if the rest of the pack doesn't move fast enough and I can somehow get away. Like, I'm willing to take my shot. Like I have yeah, so much respect I, in the world for those guys saying like, you know what? Like I'm going to roll the dice and see if my, if it's my day today. So, um, yeah, they did end up coming back and I could kind of see them when we were doing the loop course. I could kind of see them coming the other mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh man, like you kind of cheer for guys like that. Like you got to love that type of guts of, to say like, <laughs> all right, like I'm going to go for it. Um, obviously Ooh. this year, none of those guys hung on, but, um, it's happened in the past. Like, so you can't say it's like not gonna happen. So mm-hmm. I I'm all about it. Is it is it necessarily the ideal strategy? No, but if you're in that type of situation, like why not just send it? No kidding. Oh man, that's gotta hurt if they if it starts catching up to them, which it oh, yeah. which it did. Ugh. I can't imagine can't what imagine. it's like having like those top guys just like chasing after you like a bunch of snarling wolves at twenty miles. Oh, you just know they're coming for you and it's just like you keep looking back, you're like, When's it happening? When's <laughs> yeah. it happening? Oh. Just try to hold on for dear life. No kidding. So what what did you look forward to the most after the race? Was there like some food in mind, something that you wanted that you've been holding off on that <laughs> you finally got? You know, in other, in, other, uh, in other podcasts, I've made it very clear. I like cheese curds a lot, and I really enjoy PBR. Um, and so <laughs> I, got to have, uh, I got to have both those things after the race, kind of later at night. Um, definitely just on, honestly, like I, I was hungry, but I really don't eat very much right after the race. Like, I honestly don't think I ate. The race got done around noon. I don't think I ate anything till like seven or eight o'clock. Um, like just because like your stomach is just kind of messed up. Maybe I had like a granola bar or something. But re- realistically, like 
um, my stomach is just like, I hate you. Like, you just made me, like, die. And so, like, um, certainly, like, I didn't have anything till till much later in the night. But um, just really, like, what I, what I was looking forward to most was, like, getting to, like, all right, like, obviously, this trials is a really cool experience, and I enjoyed every second of it. But mm-hmm. it's a huge relief to to have the race be done and, like, just to kind of look back and be like, all right, like, that was cool, but now I get to kind of enjoy um, everything that went into that. And so... Um, certainly just spending time with friends, just talking about the race, talking about um, their lives and just everything that was going on there. It was just it was just cool catching up with everyone after the race. So there's a lot of great memories from after the race. Um, I have a lot of fun times. Shout out that, to all the people. That's probably pretty fun because everyone, everyone's going out after the race, whether probably dinner, going to the bars, whatever, walking around. So the energy actually had to be pretty fun because, right, it's that, like, calm. Everyone, it's over, right? It's like a relief. It's a fun time. That had to be pretty cool right, to for be sure. part of that. Yeah, I was, How are they- it was definitely a, a huge relief for a lot of people, and it was – I can't say it enough. There were just so many great memories just, like, hanging out with friends that night and just so many laughs, so many smiles, and so many things that <laughs> remind you why you're here. That's awesome. How, how did the cheese curds in Atlanta compare to our cheese curds in Wisconsin? I mean, they're just not going to be as good. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, um, I, I, I certainly like cheese curds a lot. Um, so like I'll, I'll eat them wherever. Um, the breaded cheese curds are fine. I definitely like just like the plain, like the regular cheese curds, like the cold cheese curds, but I like to heat them up for like 15 to 20 seconds. Okay. Um, It like makes it just a little bit gooey. Um, that's like my go-to strategy with cheese curds. So I didn't have any of that on it on hand, but like certainly just having like the breaded cheese curds was, um, was pretty enjoyable. I'm pretty wow. sure there's a bacon cheeseburger in there somewhere too, which, you know, no regrets. That sounds amazing. I've never a- attempted the squeaky cheese curds in the microwave for 15 seconds. I'll have to try that out next time. It's a full send. Go for it. Okay. So is it a full send? Do I need to do like cheddar or am I allowed to do that with like, you know, they have like dill and other flavors. Do you recommend? Yeah, yeah for sure. I think, I mean, I think it's a, it'll be fine with any of them. I think the, the, the prime cheddar is like really what you're looking for. But, okay. like, if All you're right, going to try right. it with any other thing, you're not going to be – I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Like, you're still going to enjoy right. your cheese curd. Like, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to the store tomorrow, so I will uh, try it out and let you know how it goes. Oh, please do. I'm, I'm going to full appreciate that. send it this weekend. I'm going <laughs> to send it fully. Live it so up. So what, what's the deal? Um, did Nike give all the racers the, the Alpha Next percent? The Alpha Fly Next percent? Or yeah, so that was, what, what was the deal with that? And did you get your hands on a pair? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. So, um, so like I got there actually like at nine thirty the night before the race. Um, um, so I got there and actually like I went down there and it was like in the convention center. They had a room where just like they had a bunch of shoes and I walk in there and like, um, it's, it's, I gotta be honest, like the convention center was kind of dark. It was kind of sketch. There was one guy sitting at this <laughs> table and I'm just like, am I about to get like, murdered or like what's going on here um but like he like checked my name he checked me off um i uh like i went in there i got fitted for him i mean like it's a free pair of shoes like hardly gonna turn that down um when i got out i knew i wasn't gonna race in them um i have a i have a sponsorship with brooks or i had a deal at that time with brooks and um still have a great relationship with brooks as a company shout out to him tim hartnett and all the guys at brooks for just fantastic stuff like they they produce great product and like I'm so thankful to represent their brand. So um, I definitely, I, I have the shoes still. Um, I haven't decided if I'm just like going to give them to a friend, if I'm just going to hold, hold on to them and be like, you know, someday like it could be like showing my kids like, hey, like, 
you remember the 2020 trials, how they like gave out all those free alpha flies? Like here they are. Like it'd be kind of cool to just kind of have that as like a thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely did not race in them. Some people did. Um, more power to those people. A I, lot of pe- a lot of people did, which was I thought surprising. Yeah, it was really funny. I, I'd be in a lot of conversations with people, um, and they'd be like, "Are people actually going to race in those?" And I was like, "I know I wouldn't, but like whatever." <laughs> they kind of look like an like. I think I'm honest with you, like they look like they're like almost like a Nike shock. Like, do you remember the old Nike shocks? They, they do, the big, but like, like like reverse though. Like it's because it's in the front. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. it seems goofy. It seems super goofy. It is super goofy. I I mean like. I wasn't a huge fan. It's not really my style of shoe, um, but like it is. It's funny. Another conversation I liked having with people at the trials. So like I went up to a bunch of different people. My conversation topic would be: So do you think there's anybody at the Olympic trials here who can dunk? Like right now. <laughs> and so, like you got to think like marathoners have like destroyed most of their fast twitch muscles, right? Yeah. Uh huh. But like also you have a bunch of athletic dudes, so you got to think that like they could like someone maybe. So that was a conversation. A lot of people argued about it, but a common thing that people would be like, well, and the alpha flies, look at that extra (laughs) six inches. I'm like, oh, that might be, that might be it. I feel like there's probably a couple tall guys there who play basketball in the day and could dunk, put them in some alpha flies. That's what I feel like. But at the same time, like it takes a lot of effort to dunk. And when you're in the middle of a marathon cycle, so like the, the bet was like, if we took everyone on Saturday morning, instead of going to the starting line of the race, we took them to a gym. (laughs) Like, you got to think that when you're mid-marathon cycle, you're not ready to just, like, jump out of the gym. But or or want to jump out of the gym. Correct, yes. I, I've rolled my ankle too many times playing basketball that I have, like, this fear if I jump too high, which I can't jump high at all, that I'm just going <laughs> to bust my ankle. So I would, like, I would just pass on knowing that for myself. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably would have passed the morning of the trials. Um, I, I got to be honest, as a, as a five, six white kid, like, I got all these hoop dreams and I love playing ball. <laughs> Um, for better, for worse sometimes, but I do love to hoop, um, anytime I can get a game going. Probably, I definitely did not play within like the, the couple months leading up to the trials though, with that no, same that's type of concern. A, coach would have been pissed if he would have found <laughs> that out. That's something you don't tell him. He, that's yeah, funny. Have you run it? Have you run in the alpha flies? Um, so like when you, like when we got the shoes, they, they had them try, try them on and like do like a little, like run in them and they were fine. Is, is um, did it feel any different? So, like, certainly, like, you feel, like, I, I thought um, whoever described it as, like, running on pillowcases, like, I thought that was pretty okay. accurate um, for how it was. Um, that's, certainly, how, that's how running in hokas feel. I, I've run in hokas, and that's, so it's like, okay, all right, I feel like I understand them now. I everyone, don't need to run in them now. I understand. <laughs> Everyone's so different, and so for me, personally, like, my racing style, I don't love, like, some people love wearing arm warmers or a long sleeve shirt or gloves or a hat during the race, and mm-hmm. regardless of the temperature, I do not like wearing things. I like to be, like, very bare bones. Um, I've got my shorts, my jersey, and my shoes, and so to think about having, like, a big, thick shoe like that um, is not an appealing concept to me. Um, I love um, Brooks, the Hyperion Elite is their new, like, um, their new shoe, and it's very, very thin. It's got, a, it's got a, that's still that carbon fiber plate that the Alpha Fly has, and it has some foam in there. But it's definitely way more just like, it's streamlined, and I like it a lot more. It's just my type of shoe, um, and everyone's different. But I definitely like that more, like just streamlined. Hey, I'm just out here racing. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a more slick shoe than a lot of those, especially with the carbon fiber plate. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to find it as we're looking at this. But there's too many things to look at. All right. Anyways, that's cool. 
That's cool. So what was your favorite takeaway from the weekend? Like the one thing that sticks out to you the most, whether it's the race or partying after. <laughs> or your dunk question. Oh, man. I mean, I, I don't think I can give you just one takeaway. Um, okay. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you three big takeaways. Um I'm going to give you three hot takes. Um I don't know about hot takes, but uh three three takes. And so um the first take is that um the people who did well at the trials were people who could overcome the challenges cuz there were challenges out there. Um there was wind, there was hills. Um it was the people who were just willing to say like I don't I don't care how this turns out, like I'm willing to to work through that. Like that was certainly one of the the big storylines. Um uh, the second big storyline I would say, if you look back on the trials, was just simply like um, you can try to predict all you want, but like it just whatever your predictions are, they they don't really mean a whole lot. Um, like like it was so funny to read all these articles. Like I don't I try to avoid articles about the race. Like I don't like I just don't I don't know. Like I don't want to worry about who I'm competing against. I'm just gonna go race. And so, but like so many articles were like this guy's a lock or this girl's a lock or this human's a lock. And it's like. You know, barely any of those people that they called quote unquote locks made it. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's like it's crazy yeah. actually. Like because that as runners and all like the running podcasts and magazines out there, that's all they talked about leading up because it's like fun, right? Like who's your locks? Who's your and like the only lock on anyone's list was Galen. And we're like, good one. Yeah, for sure. And even some people thought that Galen would struggle. So like mm-hmm. yeah, whatever, like too. whenever when someone's like, oh, I know, and they're trying to talk about the future, like. They don't really know. They might be right, but like to say you know is like a foolish statement. Um, and so like, that's part of the cool part of competition is just, um, just how like anything can happen, and that's a really really special thing. Um, and probably my third takeaway, and you've probably heard this a, a ton on the podcast, is um, people just need to appreciate like everything that they have. Um, and whether that's your high end runners or your like runners who are just out there for a hobby jog, you you have so many gifts and so many blessings, and um, with from the people who are there to support you. To when you're when you're running healthy, like that's such a huge blessing, and or even when you're hurt, like man, like I learned so much through that experience. Like it sucked, and I would not want to go through it again. But like you learn so much through all that, and you grow through much so much through all that. And so I'm um, just be thankful for all the things that you have, and um, take the time to let people know that they matter and you appreciate them. Because um, at the end of the day, like running's cool, and like obviously running fast is cool, but it's it's not about running fast. It's about um, the relationships you build in the, along the way and the memories you make and the person you become. John, that's incredible. I love it. Those are three awesome takeaways. That last one is so good, and everyone can apply it to their life, no matter what it is, running, anything. I love it. It's special. I love it. Appreciate that. It definitely is. Okay, well, we've talked for a long time about this and I really appreciate it. But before we get going, we always end with our cream city pacers rapid fire questions. So are you ready to dive into those? (sighs) Hit me. All right. So the first one we kind of already touched on, but maybe you have a different answer. You wouldn't have a different answer. So what shoes are you running in and would you recommend them? Uh, I run in the Brooks ghost primarily recommend them to anyone. They're super great. I, I gotta be honest though. I will say this: like, don't, <laughs> like, don't just go out and buy a pair of Brooks Ghosts because you heard I run in them. Go like, go to a shoe store, especially shoe store. Have them look at your stride. Make sure that you're getting the right shoe for you. But um, if if the Brooks Ghost is one of those options for you, like, and it's it fits your stride, like, highly recommend it. I got a lot of good miles out of those. Very very good point. All right, what's your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? 
Favorite route to run? Um, I do. So I love the river trails um, that are on the east side. Um, on the east side, kind of like just off North Ave, um, there's some mm-hmm. river trails. And I'm not talking about the Oak Leaf. There's some like river trails just to the side of that that I really like to run. Um, like down by the river, right? Off the yeah, literally down trails. by the river. They're like, yeah, the mm-hmm. actual trails for sure. And I love the Oak Leaf too. Um, I have a lot of great memories, like running hard workouts on that or just being running with friends with that. And so um, Oak Leaf is probably runner up to the riverfront trails. And then once again, I'm going to give you a top three. Your, your third favorite has to be like the Tosa trails. Um, just going, if you go through there, um, through Hart Park into Hoyt Park, I believe, um, there's that fun trail that runs, which is a really cool trail. That's a really fun trail. I live in Whitefish Bay, so I don't get over there often, but the times I have run it, it's great. Okay. I do have to know what would be like a favorite route, um, over in West Dallas. Like maybe you guys do it for cross country, but what's a route over there? We haven't met, had many guests in the West Dallas area, so we need to kind of start pushing some more routes over there. So I'm going to give you a couple things. So if you run from Hale, um, if you run north, so I coach and teach at Nathan Hale High School. Shout out Nathan Hale High School. Love the students, love the people there. Um, but if you run, like, start going north, and then when you get to Rainbow Park, kind of go west through there um, and kind of keep going west and then take north again towards Blue Mound, um, if you go on Blue Mound, there's a there's a company called Bishop's Woods. We call it the Bishop's Woods route. It's really hilly and really challenging. Um, but if you run up Bishop's Woods, and then take a left. I'm not sure what street it is. And then you can take another left to head kind of back down. Um, that's really a special. It's about eight miles coming from Hale, seven and a half ish. But like um, that that's certainly like in preparation for Atlanta. I had some really good runs on Bishop's Woods, and um, it's a really tough, challenging route. But it's really rewarding and fun to come through. So, yeah, it kind of runs. Uh, there's a road called Cardinal Crest. Um, you kind of run up that. Um, and then you run up Bishop's Woods. I think it's Blue Mound technically. But you run by this company called Bishop's Woods. Um, and it's, that's a really cool route. I, I'm also going to give a shout out. So, like, um, at West Dallas, um, about five years, or five, probably six years ago now, um, I started training on this loop called, that what we call The Loop. Um, it's uh, the old rec center is probably about a half, like, three quarters of a mile south of the high school. There's a little, like, um, if, you, if you're if you on Montana Street and you go around the old rec center, if you go around that block, it's, like, just sort of 800 meters. Um, so, like, yeah, it's a really great loop. It's got a little bit of up and down, um, but, like, you don't turn a whole lot. So, like, man, I can't tell you how many workouts I've run around the loop, um, just miles on miles of hard workouts on the loop. And um, I really feel like, I mean, I've, I've been made on the loop, you know, like a lot of those moments, like, that made like a lot of those workouts that you get done with and you're like, holy crap, I'm ready to race. I'm Dude, that, on that loop. That's like straight out of a book or a movie, the loop. I like this. You have just given our listeners two great spots to run and I'm sure we'll hear from them. So thank you for that. Kudos. Um, okay. If you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? Oh man. God, that's so hard. Like this is a hard one. It always gets everyone. So you can take a second. Um, are you, hold on. I just want to clarify, like, are they like staying here permanently or are they just like, I get one run with them to kind of pick their brain about stuff? Yeah. Someone who, yeah. Pick their brain. Um, we've had people say in the past, someone that's dead. So you can kind of go <laughs> however you want with this, but yeah, they, they'd probably just come run with you and then uh, have some cheese curds and take off. Oof, man. Jeez. Um, man, as much as like, I'd love to see Jesus and see how he his uh, his marathon PR would be and see how he would look on the trails. Like that's obviously a easy bet, but if, assuming that's like not fair game, I'm probably gonna pick like I'd really I'd be interested to talk to. Um, I love Meb, just like Ooh. 
Meb's such a fantastic human being. Um, I I tell people this story. Um, so warming up for the 2016 trials, I was kind of running. I was doing my warm up, and like we were, we did an out and back, so we were on our way back. And like we'd see like some of the bigger runners, like bigger name runners, and we would kind of like be like, "Good luck," and they'd be like, "Thanks," and that would be <laughs> a, that'd be their response. But like, and then I could kind of see Meb from afar, and like we were about to pass him, and I was about to say, "Hey, good luck," and he before even I could get anything out of my mouth. Meb goes, hey, man, good luck to you guys. Like, w- wish you the best today. And, like, man, just for him to have that, like, type of humility to say, like, hey, like, I, I know that, like, I'm about to go qualify for the Olympics, but these people still matter. Um, that's that's so cool. I love that. And I think we could all embrace that type of attitude um, of just realizing that um, it's bigger than us. And so, yeah, Meb is probably my choice. That's a really cool story. Meb's a great guy. Um, okay, favorite Milwaukee race. Oof, man. Um, I mean, I like a lot of Milwaukee races. Um, Jeez. I mean, so I I actually haven't raced the Lakefront Marathon. I I hear such great things about the Lakefront Marathon and just everything that they do and um, just enjoying that experience. Um, I I really enjoy the the Tosafest 5K is a a fan favorite. Um, I actually... I, I did it one of the years that it was actually like not downhill. I know that sometimes they choose like a downhill type course, um, <laughs> which is fun. But like the year I did it, just happened to not be downhill. They chose like a different course, which was, you know, you know, it was it was fun. I still had a great time there. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're looking for a great race to check out, I recommend. Oh, actually, scratch that. Those are two, three in my book. Number one in the rankings um, is Grindfest for sure. So, like, if I'm going to give a shout-out to any race, if you don't know what Grindfest is, or you're like, did he just say Grindfest? Yes, Grindfest. Um, it is put on by Terry Witkowski, um, who currently lives in Boulder, Colorado. But um, every winter, um, right around Christmas time, he comes back and hosts this race called Grindfest. Um, it's usually a bunch of post-collegiates. Some still collegiates. A couple high school kids usually get in. Um, we start at, like, 6'10 pace. Um, and then every three laps around the Pettit Center, we cut down the pace. Um, and so it's a progression run. So essentially it's a last man standing competition. So whoever's the last person in the competition wins. Um, I will say this though, once it gets down to the final three, um, they, they ring the bell and they say three laps, whatever you got left. So, um, it's a really fun race. It's, it draws some great competition. Um, last year there were four trials qualifiers there. Um, plus a guy who qualified for the USA team, um, in the Pan Am games. So like, there's there's some really fun times. If you're looking for a race to check out and come watch some really great competition, Grindfest will be happening sometime in late December um, of 2020. Um, Dude, come it, check out Grindfest. It, it's great times. I haven't watched it. I've seen the videos and people talk about it. It seems it's like the funnest race, the most so hyped, so hyped. People are just full sends all day. Oh, my goodness. Night, it's, I guess. It is. And what's cool about it is it's like really like – I mean, Terry's not getting out there and he's like not buying like billboards or handing out flyers. It's really just promoted by the people who run it. Um, they just love it. And it's like um, once you're just a part of that experience and just get to enjoy the time. And obviously we race when it's come time. But let's be honest, we have a lot of fun out there. Um, the first couple of miles, people are laughing around like they're joking around quite a bit and just kind of enjoying being together. And um, I was just talking to some buddies about Grindfest the other day and they're like, you know, the race is fun. But what makes it cool is just the community of runners that are there. So come check out Grindfest. Come watch it. It's a great time. Yeah, they have a grindfest four one four dot wixsite dot com uh, is yeah. the website, and the list of the top three men and women going back to two thousand thirteen. I mean, if you are a runner in Milwaukee, it's imp- it is super impressive. So people show up for this race, like you said, and you yourself, you're a three time champion. I've been very fortunate and um, I've back had some to back. I'm looking, 
back to back in 17 and 18. I mean, uh, 17 was pretty fun. Like that's a pretty fun racing moment. Um, Ian Lemire is a great guy. He won division one national. I think he still either had had the division one record or excuse me, division three record for the 10 K or, um, he had just like crushed it at USA's. Um, and so Ian and I were the last two down at Grindfest, and, um, it was down to the last three laps. Last lap, he kind of took off on me. Um, and he like kind of built up a pretty big gap coming into like the, the home stretch. And, um, I, I love Ian. He's a great guy. We have a, a good friendship and, but he definitely didn't just forgot that to check back. And so like, he started kind of like putting it in coast mode and I noticed he put it into coast mode. So I like found another gear and literally like no, no one from the crowd, like let him know until like that last step when I beat him just at the line. And like, it, it was, it's a pretty special picture if you can find it. Um, he's, he's like, He's just got this face of like, oh man, like he's he's a great runner. Um, I just kind of caught him off guard, but like that was one of those grindfest moments that certainly when people think about grindfest, like that was a really fun and special moment for the crowd. Dude, that's awesome. I have to find that photo. That sounds incredible. What a way to win, Ian. Shaking my head at you, dude. <laughs> Ian's a great guy. He's finished a lot of races very very hard. So yeah, uh, it's, it's okay to have one mental lapse at grindfest. All right, let's see here. A couple more questions. So you're a minimalist, it seems like, when it comes to running. So this will be an interesting answer. What's your favorite running accessory? Yeah, that's a, I don't really have a whole lot of running accessories. i got to be honest with you. Um, yeah, you, even asking that question. We, like, Usually I get two answers from uh, – like, it's either watch or shoe then. Yeah, I case. guess. Like I mean, I, like I said, I, I like my Brooks shoes a lot. Um, I like those. Um I mean, I just wear a regular Garmin watch. It's nothing crazy. Um, yeah, running accessories, I'm not, I guess I'm not super savvy in that area. My, my cool. viewpoint has always been just like, hey, just go out and run. Um, so. Gotta, I got to ask. I got to stay consistent, but I knew what the answer would be. This, I'm way more excited for this question because I have a feeling I may know an answer, at least an area. What is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, there's so many great choices. Um so I feel like I should give you a little bit of history. So like coming through high school, like I definitely was like, I'd love to get pumped up. Um, Numb Encore Remix was a great song. Um, oh, Jay-Z. What a bop. But then I like to mix it up a little bit with uh, Aaron Carter. Um, that's how I beat Shaq. <laughs> just to kind of like really chill, the, like get pumped up, but then just like, all right, like take a chill pill. Like it's, it's a, just a race, you know, like kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, certainly I, I, the week of the race, I listened to a lot of Taylor Swift. Um, that's like, uh, that's a very common tradition for me, um, just to kind of enjoy those. Um, and I gotta be honest, Swifty. Like, that's where like, I thought you were going to go with this. I thought we might get a T Swift answer here. Oh, yeah, a lot of T Swift answers. I mean, so many great jams by T Swift. I mean, like to pick one is just literally impossible. I mean, she's okay. got so many bops. What's up? How, how are you digging the new album? I mean, I guess it's not new. It came out last summer, but. Oh, I, it was good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like, um, yeah, I really. Yeah, just like thinking I, about the entire album, I just like really, really found a lot of times. I talked about we, it a lot and just thinking about all the things that went into that. Um, I love it. Dude, we dance the T-Swift 20, 30 times a day in our household. So <laughs> I've fallen in love. Is I mean, that the I'm, kids or is that your... Well, we were trying to figure out like what they'll dance to because they're like at the stage where they're almost two, so they're like mobile and bopping around to music. And like the only thing that really sticks is Taylor Swift. Like we put "Shake It Off" or "Me" is like the two ones they lose it to. It's just oh, like yeah. next level. They will sh they will spin in circles. I swear they're gonna throw up. So 
I'll say out the new album, Paper Rings is probably my jam of choice. Like, if I had to pick one. Paper Rings? That's off the new album. So, Paper Rings. But, like, if I'm, like, talking about ones off the old album, like, um, Delicate's a really great song. Um, I love, like, Style. Style was, like, absolute my jam. Like, Shake It Off's obviously just a great song. Like, you crushed that one. That's a good one. What year were you born? So I was born in um, 1991. I actually just okay. turned 29. So Speak Now was like a big part of my high school time. So like Sparks Fly, Mine, um, Speak Now, um, Mean. Like those are all just like great songs to me. Um, yeah. Got a lot of love for T-Swift and all that. And um, yeah, certainly, like I said, I I used to be really big on to like, let's get pumped up before the race, but you got 26 miles. I don't want <laughs> adrenaline like rolling through my veins like 10 minutes before the start. What I want is just like something that like just kind of reminds me to like relax and have fun. Um, I certainly listen to a lot of worship music before the start of races, so um, that really kind of gets me into more of a just relaxed mode. And so, but yeah, t- That's if it. so many great songs. Shout out T Swift, what a gal! Shout out to T Swift, I like it. I've been really crushing "Cruel Summer." off their new album i've been really like the last three days that's been on repeat so i've been digging that so yeah shout out to yes. t swift i'm glad we could go on this rant i've been looking forward to this part of the podcast the most so <laughs> there we go all right if people so, are looking to hit me up i got plenty of t swift songs to recommend all right if you're looking for some t swift check it out you got you should make like a playlist on spotify so people can run to it Oof, the ultimate t swift jams I like it. <laughs> so you put this, I heard this somewhere from you. I don't know if you said it or if it was written, but you described this uh, Atlanta coming to an end as a closing of a chapter in your life, which I thought was like a, did you say this? Do you remember this? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, I think I said that. Yes, it's absolutely the closing of another chapter. And I thought that was like a really cool way to just like look at this and, and, and take it in. So it's been a couple months. So we always ask, what are your upcoming races or goals? <laughs> and this could be a bigger question for you because I don't really know what it could be, and I don't know if you know yet. But what um, what kind of upcoming races and goals do you have? Yeah, since I, I, I'm gonna say that, like, since it's been such like a, a long journey, like it's been awesome. Like the last to go through two trials experiences, um, run close to forty thousand miles um, over the past, you know, what have you, like thirteen years. Um, like it's been a very long journey, and I, I'm still enjoying it um, right now. Though certainly, like. I kind of I had to ramp up things for the trials. Um, I'm kind of just going back to enjoying being a regular human. I'm still running quite a bit. Like, I'm going to hit 100 miles this week. Um, so it's like I'm still getting some major mileage. But I'm just trying to enjoy the miles and not think too much about races and um, just kind of get back to, to living it up. So I, I, I think it's hard because thinking about the fall, like, we don't we, there's so much uncertainty with races That's, coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly still have dreams, um, some, some cool ones, like, you know, obviously – Competing for Team USA sometime would be awesome, whether that be in a marathon or or bumping up to the ultra or what have you. Um, I don't know what that looks like to be honest. A lot of things, there's a lot of different possibilities, but um, right now I'm just I'm trying not to think about that and just trying to enjoy <laughs> the past experience. Just enjoy some miles and um, maybe get some hoop dreams in here and there. Hoop dreams, yeah. You should try to dunk. That should be your next goal. You know, I don't think I could dunk with a trampoline. I gotta be honest with you, like. <laughs> But I, I would give it a whirl. Like, why not? We, like, full sense. Like, well, we'll hit up one of those trampoline parks. I'm pretty sure they have hoops there. Then we can do like some six spin dunks and whatnot. That'd oh yeah, sick. that'll make me feel real good about life. Oh, that's how you full send. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, and before we go, one piece of advice you'd like to pass off to a new runner. One piece of advice I'd like to pass off to a new runner. Um, I think I've already touched on like making sure p- you v- you value the experience. So I. 
I think hopefully you caught that message throughout. So I'm going to, I'm going to go away from that message a little bit. And I think one of the biggest messages is, um, is don't, or is believe in limitless opportunities. Um, like don't just settle for, for what you have, like be willing to push yourself and strive for something better. Um, I think a lot of times it becomes really easy to be like, Oh, this is where I'm at and I'm cool with that. But I think if we just go out and compete, if we're aggressive, if we say like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and try something that I'm not sure I'm capable of. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, and you might just find that you actually are capable of it. So, um, I guess this is, this is my senior year quote and it's been kind of a, a mantra for me recently is uh, man imposes his own limitations. Don't set any, go for it. I like it. That's a great, great, great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, John, congratulations. This was a huge accomplishment, Atlanta, LA. A lot's happened oh, since 2014 for you and even back, back to college, back to high school. So congratulations, and we're excited to see what your next endeavors are. Alex, super thankful. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Shout out to all the people out there um, who are listening. Just um, thanks for being there. Keep making running awesome. Keep building relationships and um, just keep making the running, the Milwaukee running scene a great place to be. I love it. All right, John. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cream City Pacers. Before we leave, I ask two things. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. And second, Share this podcast with one person who you think would enjoy it. It helps grow our community. Plus, you can talk to someone about the show. All right, until next time, keep on running.